0: Here's the deal with my papa. Uh, welcome, everyone. I am Jeff Adair, and, and welcome to episode 16 of Here's a Deal with Danny Sitters. Danny, how are you doing today? Good afternoon. I'm ready to go today. It is wet out there today, that- so I would ask you how your greens ministry is going, but
1: I already know. It's it's, it's on pause. That's exactly right. That's right. We're waiting on the sun to come out. That's right. The sun
0: will come out tomorrow. Oh, man, I hope so. so one day. I'm going to get back to cutting grass for a <laughs> little extra income. I'm going ready to do that. Now you preached about what Jesus had to say about family uh, a couple of days ago, and but before we get started, I wanted to ask you what is one quirky thing that your family does? And while you're trying to think of that, I'll tell you mine. Okay. Um, my family growing up, we took baked beans. Baked beans, of course, you know, here in the Midwest, almost with every barbecue cookout, and we would take our potato chips, and that's what we would dip our baked beans in. So that's. I know it's kind of. I've actually heard uh, on Sunday that I'm not the only one who does that. So there's a couple people out there that do that. Potato but. chips and baked
1: beans. Yes. Quirky thing that our family does. Well, I, I'm going to tell you about my grandfather. Okay. Since you're since you're talking about food, so of course. Um, Little Debbie's, that was a staple in our family growing up. You know, that ranks right up there with, you know, meat and potatoes and, right. and Little Debbie's. But the best was the Swiss rolls. <laughs> oh. Yeah. They're, they're just this close to being sinful. Yes. My grandfather, they were a little bit too sweet for him. And so uh, when he would eat a Swiss roll, he would take a piece of bologna and wrap it around the outside of the Swiss roll and eat it that way. Okay. And just about gag all of us that were witnessing that event. Oh, so wow. Um, that's pretty quirky. I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> Too sweet for a Swiss roll, so I'll put a
0: piece of bologna around it. Now that is interesting. I like that. Yeah. Man, if, if there's one way to make bologna taste bad. I guess that would be one way. Because, I I mean, I love baloney, but I don't know about wrapping it with chocolate. I just don't know about that. (laughs) Cream, yeah. Next week, we may may have to have that in here for the uh, recording, just so we can try it. Oh, my. Great stuff on Sunday. Thank you again, Danny, for that. Um, It's interesting to take something that we hold so dear to us and see what Jesus really has to say about it. And it really seemed like he was telling us that there's something way more important that we should be focusing on when we... Go to Scripture and say, what does he think about family? Right. I love how he takes it and makes us look at the broader picture,
1: the bigger picture of the kingdom of God. I really love that. I think you said it you know, perfectly. So, again, we're taking a, a topic, Jesus and family, and um, looking at as many of the text from the Gospels that... Jesus spoke of family, and uh, yeah, when you start to break it down, uh, you begin to think, okay, hang on a minute, Jesus, it's starting to sound like that family or or biological families aren't really, maybe Jesus doesn't place them as high on a scale as we do. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, uh, I haven't come, he says, I haven't come to bring peace but a sword. A son against father, daughter against mother, brother against sister, um, you know. And then in Luke, he, he says, look, if if you don't hate your father and your mother and your wife and your children, uh, even yourself, you, you can't be my disciple. Mm. That's a tough one. Yeah, and and uh, one that was interesting is when you look at Jesus calling the disciples, and he goes and he calls James and John. He says, "Hey, follow me." They're on the fishing boat. They're with their dad, yep. Zebedee, and they say, "Okay." And they just leave the fishing boat, and Zebedee's standing there holding the net, going, <laughs> "Hey, wait a minute now." You know, I mean, they're leaving the family business, right. following this who who knows who this guy is. You know, some. Um, traveler from from city to city a a rabbi you know hey jesus i want to follow you but first let me go bury my father jesus says hey let let the dead you know bury the dead you know so yeah he he seems to have a different view of family than than we might oh yes and uh, but yet at the same time as i said jesus loves family Jesus loves people, but Jesus loves family, and, and and God created the family. But the question, when it comes to Jesus, is what is his family? Right. Who 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 are his family there members? Right. So they come, <clears throat> Jesus's mother and brothers come to basically take him away. And hey, your mother and brothers are outside Jesus, and he pauses for a moment and says, "Well, who who are my mother and brothers?" Mm. And he looks around the room at those that are sitting there listening to him, and he says. You know these are these. This is my family. These are my mother and brothers, or brothers and sisters, the ones who do the will of my father. So for Jesus, family were those who were his disciples, those who are in the kingdom of God, those who are willing to um, pick up everything and follow him,
0: mm.
1: and and so th- that that that's family, and. Jesus wasn't going to be sidetracked by any other relational connections on earth. Right. It's who's going to follow me? Right. Who's willing to give everything up and follow me? That's my family. And that is something, you know, I,
0: with one of your stories, I was uh, leaned over to Sarah during your sermon. It was uh, when you're talking about watering the wine. I asked. If I, I leaned over and I said, can I call you that from now on? I said, can I say dear woman? Can I just call you? <laughs> she was not happy about that. No. So.
1: Yeah, the no. the, the dear nose. The, the, the deer woman, the dear part has been added to the, to the text. We really don't know what to do with it. Jesus yeah. just said, woman, what, what is this for me and for you? But yeah. What, what are you doing here, woman? She
0: said no, by the way. Anyway, I was out there wondering if, if Sarah yeah. would say yes, that's fine. No, she said no. She no. said no for sure. So uh, again I want to say on Sunday we had a fellowship meal as well afterwards and it was a great great time. Um it's been too long since we had that. So it was a great to share a meal with everybody and I hope everybody out there listening had a great time as well that were that was able to come.
1: Um what was your favorite thing about Sunday's fellowship meal? It was the atmosphere. I leaned over to someone uh, that I was sitting beside and I said just just listen. Look at look at the people's faces but listen. The atmosphere was different. Uh, because, like you said, we haven't had a chance to be together. We haven't had face to face. We haven't been able to sit down at a table yeah. and be together and laugh and tell stories and and um, to have a level of fear removed right. from being in close proximity to to one another. So it was just the the the, the overall beauty of, as you said, fellowship and to, to you know to reconnect uh, with people you know to be with family yeah that to me was the biggest that, that was so noticeable right this week
0: as so we had members of the hispanic congregation come over and join us after their service and i haven't seen some of them in a yeah. very long time so oh, yeah. that was amazing to see them and it, i was telling sarah on the way home it's, like, it's the it has nothing to do with a meal because it's just hamburgers and hot dogs you know basic stuff but man i would have i probably would have had potato salad if you know because i would just <laughs> yeah. love the atmosphere and that's like the my, num- my number one no food is potato salad so i probably would have ate that <laughs> yeah. just because of the atmosphere that's like right. you said
1: yep just being together
0: so give me a a, pra- a couple practical ways that we can step into the kingdom of god because it's hard for us to when we're going through the daily grind and we are caught up in i'll use me as, as an example um taking Ethan to the to the babysitter and then going to work and then going to make uh, make dinner for everybody you got to cut the grass and do everything else how do we step into the kingdom of god
1: with, with our everyday lives so we
0: can see the bigger picture like Jesus does
1: so i think a couple of things one is to really understand and to practice the kingdom of god living so when we talked about this so when I say yes to Jesus, I am baptized. I am immersed in water, right? The concept there is called being reborn. Mm. we have to really think through this, that, I've, that the person is born again. Well, when you're born the first time, you're born into a family. Well, so as as followers of Jesus, we are now born again into a new family mm, yes so we have to understand that what the, the concept so yes of course it is also about eternal salvation and, and 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 confessing Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord all of that but it's being again born born again into into this new family and to And and to think along those terms of what does it mean now to be in family together, Hmm. which again is, you know, years ago we used to call each other brother and sister, old brother Jones and sister Smith and, and, uh, you know, brother Thompson's going to lead us in a prayer. Well, you know, that could, that can become, you know, cliche and worn out, but it also speaks of being in family together. Sure. So baptism is is a reminder to us that, hey, we do now have another family. And on top of that, then each week when we come together, we have a family meal. Yeah, right you So yeah. you think about all those family meals, those Sunday meals that we had together, you know, after church. We just lost a dear friend who um, after a long battle. Um, with illness um, passed away and um, so Marianne and I were talking and one of the things we remember is every Sunday she had so many people at her house for Sunday dinner fried chicken and chocolate pie and it was so good Mm. and so you know we were the preacher and preacher's wife of course we had four kids it was hard to get an invitation to somebody's house (laughs) saved me a lot of money (laughs) Um, But we would go over there and, um, you know, you would wait in a long line to go through because there would be 20, 30, 40 people in this house. They were always inviting. But those, that's my, one of my pictures of um, a meal together, Sunday meal. Well, that's what we're called to partake of each week with the Lord's Supper, right? The Eucharist. What we give thanks for. And it's a, again a group of people who have been redeemed and and um, called by Jesus, the outcasts of this world who've been given grace, and we have a story to tell, and we are called to sit around the table and share a meal together, because yeah. we're we're born into this family. And now we eat together. Well, that's that's family. Yeah, that that is family. So I think being reminded, number one, of hey, that we are family. Now, the big question is, how do we do that in contemporary American culture? Yes, which is which is a challenge. Yeah, Um, I think it begins with. I really need to think about, what are my priorities in life? Mm. What's what's really important to me? What is going to be lasting? And of course, our families are significant. They're very important to us. Um, But am I connecting to the family of God? Or do I just tend to be with my family in the midst of the family the of God them, yeah. hmm. or just my family in the world in which I live see and 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 the, one of the reasons why we want that's easy to do is because um it is what is referred to as familiar the word familiar you see comes from family oh, there you go okay and so th- these people I'm familiar with, and I just want to be with them. And but my family is larger than just the blood kin. No, there you go. And my siblings and my spouses, and there, there, there's a, there's another family that exists that I want to begin to think about in terms of family, and how do I relate to them, and. And what is the significance of Jesus calling us to be family, to be the body of Christ, you know, to, to take on the ministry of reconciliation to this world because we are you know, Christ ambassadors? How can we best do that as, as family? So I think that's part of it. I, I've got to think about and to reassess my life as it relates to the kingdom of God and and my own family. Now, another part of that is uh, we live in a society where um, things, of course, have changed and have been changing for decades. Yes. So I was recommended an article to read that is... um, the, the title of it was called Workism, you know, and, and and I haven't heard, I haven't really heard that phrase. You hear about workaholism, workaholics, yeah. but workism. And the the um, point of the article was that if you go back in history, um, people who worked had a job. Worked to pay the bills. Right. Right. So you'd go out into the field and work the field and so that you could earn money to take care of your family. My work was to pay the bills. Over time, though, we began to be taught and to think about work as my identity. You see, it's who I am. Yeah. And so what happened was then the harder we worked and the longer hours we spent at work uh, we got rewarded for we got recognition we got promotions we got looked upon you know hey hard worker there status the status that goes along with it um but it became my identity We, we tried to make it who who i am right Right, so you introduce yourself to someone. Hi, I'm Jeff and their next question if you've never met him is well, really, what do you do? What do you do? Right? Yeah. I want to f- I want to know what your identity is. So in other words, tell me what you do to make money so that I can identify you. Ah. You see. Wow, yeah. The problem is it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't fill the void. But yet Again, so we you know, we, we we teach kids this, we were taught this, get a good education so you can get a good job, so you can make a lot of money so you can be comfortable and you know, retire well. That's right. And as if that is going to give us fulfillment, right. and An identity and it doesn't. No. It doesn't. You know, statistics are telling us that anywhere from 65 to 85% of folks don't really care for what they do. For for work, oh. they're not satisfied with wow,
0: it. That's a big number,
1: you know. Wow. Um, but yet, they're telling us that this is this is who we are, and so we're looking t- to work and workism to provide, obviously, what only God can give us: our identity that we were created in the image of God. Right. On top of that, I think we look to marriage also to give us identity we look to our spouse right and we have this we, we so in in counseling we have these come up from time to time where one one marriage partner is placing too much value in the other yeah in other words this person is not god this person cannot give you what you're looking for and and so that's a problem in our society um Another one is what we might call today the worship of children, mm-hmm. right? So parenting over the last hundred years has radically changed. Yes. Where when you and I were growing up, it was, hey, get out from under my feet, mom would say, or get outside. What are you doing in the, You're dirtying up the house. Get on out of here. Yeah. Um, kids don't go first uh, when you go to someone's house to eat. You don't serve the kids. The parents sat down and ate, and we played until it was our time to come in, and then then we would eat. That's not the case anymore. Oh, no. right? We don't want to. We're, we're very protective of kids and their emotional state and their. You know, I mean, it's all because of love, but that's that's changed over over the last several decades. Yeah. a lot of books um, written about that today. And my point is that I think that what is um, competing with the participation in the kingdom of God and and family of God is our worship of other so called values that society is saying this is where you'll find identity in your work, in your marriage. Your children, you know, your children will give you meaning and identity. Well, they can do to a degree, but guess what? Every family, every set of parents I know, the children get grown up, and they leave, they get married, and they have their own kids. And you look around the house, and it's empty. There you go. Yep. They do. Now, of course, you say, well, now, my kids come back. Well, yes, okay. Maybe from time to time. But... Uh, if, so if 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 I'm looking for my identity and my children, they're going to grow up and leave, yeah. and and there's that void again. So how can we first of all begin to um, think through and and to look at look at myself and my values, and then say, okay, what's really important? What what is what is lasting, and how can I take that and translate it into? The kingdom of God. How do I do that? How do I? And and for some of us, it'll be getting outside of our comfort zone. Oh, yeah. But I think Jesus set it up that way with the kingdom of God to give us what we genuinely are looking for in life, and that is a community of faith. Because we need each other. We really need each other, you know, today and to have that fellowship time but again religion tends to say no it's it's more about getting the facts right and getting the doctrine right mm. than about relationship hey. Right, so we say, "Hey, look, we're gonna, we're gonna come together." Or uh, let's say after church. Well, you know, after 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 worship, after the assembly, we're gonna move next door and eat together and fellowship and laugh and tell stories. And some folks would say, "I d- don't need that. I have received the word. I have received the instruction. I'm good." Well, I think we're missing we're we're missing something that's critical. Yes. In our faith, and so. I would be so bold as to say that our Christian family, our Christian fellowship and community is just as important as our doctrine. Oh, yeah. Now, don't throw rocks at me. Our our, our Christian ministry. There you go. Our service, our fellowship, our times of eating together and laughing together are just as important as our doctrine. Oh, yeah. That's
0: very, very true. You know, I mentioned in the Lord's Supper talk on Sunday about... um, how intimate it is to share a meal with, with anyone. Because, I mean, as you know, you've been in ministry longer than I have, but even if you're just um, picking up lunch with somebody and taking them to their house, eating a, a cheeseburger on the way to their house, that's something intimate with somebody you don't get to do with just anyone. And it's really meaningful. And I also wanted to to bring up how, uh, since it's not really non-Western, how the Lord's Supper, we all come together at the same time and okay. eat. That's yeah. very, very non Western if you 'cause I never really thought about that until I was preparing that talk. I was like, This is kinda weird. Yeah. As far as you know, looking through it through American eyes. So I I I just thought that was interesting. And another thing, Sarah grew up in a in a family of three other siblings and, and two parents. And they had a thing after Sunday service. They would go to Godfather's Pizza because they had kids eat free. Oh, so, some of the best pizza, so, yes. So them and the Phillips family would go after church on Sundays because right. you don't have to buy four things because there's only four adults and everybody else <laughs> would eat free. Right. So I, I love how they would get together. And that's another thing, too, another fellowship, how they would get together and just and find a, a restaurant that would offer free meals to the kids. Right. Very, so, very smart. Very smart. Yeah, very <laughs> smart. So Awesome. Um so anything um to do with uh this coming week uh, any preview for the sermon this coming sunday
1: yes i I want to go back to where Jesus says, first of all, My peace I leave with you, you know, not as the world gives, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives yeah so Jesus does give bring peace, right do not let your hearts be troubled. But yet, over the last few weeks, and I think even you, going back a month or so ago, talked about, we've been looking at these verses where Jesus says, don't think I've come to bring peace, you know, (laughs) but a sword. Um, You know, I've come to bring fire, you know, on the earth and and wish it were so now. But yet, he brings peace. But it's not as the world, uh, he, he gives not as the world gives it. So what is that mm. peace? And and how when when you listen to him and you watch him, how did he go about getting us to the point where we experience peace? Okay. And and I think right now I'm going to argue that the peace of Jesus comes after the doubt and despair and discouragement and the stripping away of a lot of our pride and worldview and political views and our family views. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and our vocational views and our marriage views. Can I stop at I'll any point it yet? It's, it's all good. I mean, yeah. Until it's until it stripped away, I'm kind of discombobulated. I'm kind of, I kind of have um, challenges. And I think that's what Jesus meant, because the way, again, that he lived his life, you know, here's Messiah, here's Son of Man, and, and, and the whole Jewish nation was waiting on him to pick up the, you know, the atom bomb and drop it on Rome yeah. and blow it to smithereens and, and then set up, you know, the Davidic throne there and rule from it in, in Jerusalem. He just wouldn't do it. Mm. And yet he, he's going to go around and talk about, hey, if someone strikes you on one cheek, turn the other. Yeah. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Be perfect like your heavenly Father is perfect. Walk, walk an extra mile. If they, if they force you to go one mile, keep keep walking. Say Jesus, would you? Those are all nice, and you know, it it sounds like something my grandmother would have told me, you know, (laughs) when I was young. But can you get on with it and let's get this, let's get this, um, you know, nation going? Let's 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 fire away at Rome. Well, you think about it; it was not what anyone expected, and yet Jesus created the greatest movement. Um, that the world has ever known Mm -hmm. through this we're still talking about it today yeah there's something about it but is there a possibility that the peace that I'm looking for through Jesus is the same type of peace that the that the followers of Jesus and the first century Jews were looking for from Messiah militaristically Mm. um, governmental yeah uh, peace through strength, right the military right is it, is it a possibility that that's kind of what we have tended to look to Jesus or, or maybe our own country? Oh yeah. So we're going to talk about peace. How does that how did Jesus seem to teach that and, and display it? And is it different from what I've been thinking? about peace so anyway that's kind of where we're leaning towards sunday because it's july 4th sunday
0: hey independence so, yeah so i was that was my next question of i know you have there's a typical mother's day sermon <laughs> there's a father's day sermon that you said you used to hear back in the day uh, i was wondering that was my next question is there was there ever a typical fourth of july if it ever fall, fall uh, fell on a sunday
1: oh man, it, i mean, I mean obviously
0: the first thing that comes to mind is is uh, freedom sermon, obviously, but right. kind of like this Sunday, I told Jerome, I was like, hey, we have to sing in God, we trust this Sunday, or, you know, or else I'll get in trouble for not having that yeah. song in the,
1: in the slides. Or uh, what is a, and I'm proud to be an American, oh, we at least unknown free, Yeah, yeah. You gotta, got to at least hum that or right. whistle that. No, when you said, when you asked me that, I'm thinking, yeah, a 4th of July sermon has to do with... American flag and apple pie and mom and Chevy trucks. Isn't that the— That's right. It? I'm all about that. And I was wondering, I somehow need
0: to get in touch with the fire marshal because I want to have something to do with fireworks on Sunday. I'm going to try to get that going. Inside the building, yes, I'll do I'll, it. I'll see what I can do. I'm a youth minister. I can get away with a lot of things around here without asking too many questions. <laughs> yep. oh, well, we man. got the
1: filtration system in place. Oh, that's so true. That'd, yeah, that'd be
0: good to get that out of there real quick. Yeah. I love that. I'll just have to let uh, Leo and, and his his families know that oh, gosh, ahead yes. of time. At this time, we'll be <laughs> just kidding. Anybody out there listening, we're not going to be shooting fireworks <laughs> off here in the church. That's right. We're not doing that. Uh, Danny, thank you so much again for coming in and sitting down with me. Um, anybody else have any questions or comments anything, send them in to at and we'll get those answered for you. And if you guys want to s- s- come on in on a Tuesday afternoon and sit down with us, we'll even do that too. So, Danny, thank you again. Um, have a great week. We'll see you, you on Sunday. Let's make it a great week.